We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the Premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of Lee Castle. I am your host, Chris McPherson, and today's co-host joins me here at, uh, well, I guess, your um, your parent club's home ground. He's a, a Valentine Ellie Barner Devils Jr. He spent 10 years out at the Swansea Cave Swans and reluctantly, I'm told, occasionally pulls on the boots as required. <laughs> Matt Gilbert, how are you? Good, mate. Good. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Um, as we touched on there, you've been around the Newcastle and Hunter competition for a long time now. You've seen some highs and lows out at Swansea's. Maybe give us a bit of a, a recollection. What's what's the, the the highest points in your time out there? Highest points, geez. We won the grand final probably. Um, I think it was two thousand fourteen. Maybe won the grand final. Um, that was a pretty good year. Um, low points, geez. We've had a couple of those. We struggled for a few years with just not getting players down there, and we're pretty far from everything really. And lakes take a lot of players. So, um, but yes, been been good down there. Ten years. It's been a great club. So I enjoy it. It's always difficult too. We see a transition of a few of those, those you know, probably you know more classical Lakes players that do go back to the second division. A few of them, you know, the likes of Belmont South current coach Aaron Morris. He's I think he's been to most of the clubs. Brody Delaney, a few of those guys. They move around, you know, wanting to play with each of their little subclusters of mates that have been connected to Lakes over the years um, as opportunities arise, and that sort of comes with that. I guess the uh, ebb and flow of some of the the district clubs. But I guess one thing that's been really good out in the Lakes catchment is that. Over the last you know decade or so, Swansea, Windale, Belmont South have consistently been in the competition. We see a lot of the other clubs sort of come in for a couple of years. They win a grand final, then they, they fade out, and they're gone for a couple of years, and they come back. So that's probably a strong point in terms of this catchment area. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at Windale. Windale's been strong for quite a few years now. They, they really have a bad season. Um, Belmont South, they have their ups and downs, as you said, with the play groups that go here and there. At the moment, they're looking pretty good with uh, Chop and the boys there, but... Looking good, looking good in terms of the football team, but not, not in terms of aesthetic appearance when we're talking about guys like Chop. Not, not that I can throw too many stones, but yeah. yeah. But no, you're exactly right. And they're, they're looking really good. Recruited well. A couple of new recruits have joined them that we'll talk about in a moment. And um, you know, when we get into the Newcastle and Hunter, I guess something, something that intrigues me is, especially that A-grade competition now, who those players are that might be able to influence them. And we'll come around to that later. We might finish up with the Newcastle and Hunter tonight. But... There's still some players out there in the market, and I've talked to a couple of clubs in regards to who's still out there that might be able to uh, jump on board. I think some of them might be some big pipe dreams, and then others of them <laughs> might be a little bit more realistic based on some of the signings we've seen in recent weeks. So we'll jump into that in a bit. But we might start off with, uh, we are here at Lakes United, Carl Abel, so we might start off with the uh, the Tui's Cup, the uh, real NRL, as I like to call it, and um, I think it's probably the best tagline that, it, that it's had. It sounds a lot better than Business Plaza Cup or Tui's Cup. So... Um, Last weekend, we had, uh, we'll just run through the results quickly. So, Central on the road out at Lyle Peacock Field got a 28 to 16 win to get their season off to a start. Uh, Cessnock also broke their duck. It was a good day for that on Saturday, 22 18 in the Coalfields Derby. That one's always a good grudge match. Uh, Souths continued to show their form with a 24 10 win over Lakes, the, uh, the side that we're visiting at the moment, mate. Um, Souths continue to show themselves a bit of a premiership force there. And West really. They put the target on their back, a 42-0 win over fellow undefeated side Maitland. So what, what did you take from last round of the, of the Newcastle yeah. rugby league, mate? Mate, West are unbelievable. Like, 
I think you put them up at two dollar thirty on your little fake odds on the page. Yeah, I think I think they're into about a dollar eighty five oh, now, probably. Oh, mate, they yeah. are, they're flying, I reckon. Brad Tyre, um, the Walsh Whalers. There's so much NRL experience there, though. You know, you have got Matty Utia, you've got those guys, and then you add in, you know, got like Ryan Walker, Walker playing second row. You know, he's he's in nearly as good a form as his brother Cody at the moment. So. You know, there doesn't seem to be any weak spots on the part. Their depth is huge. They've got, you know, I talked about it with Tony Delaney last week. Sam Keenan's playing fullback. Ryan Walker's playing second row. These guys are guys that can play in the halves. You've got guys like Chris Knight, who'd be a first grader, probably six of the other seven clubs, who's just languishing in reserve grade and not even getting a sniff. You've got Ryan Walsh coming off the bench, who was one of Maitland's best players last year. So I think they've really, you know, taken the, the real sort of kick in the guts that was missing the final for the first time in nearly yeah. 40 years last year. Um, yeah, and... You certainly won't be seeing him miss the finals. And uh, look, it's, it's, it's almost, I won't go as far as to say it, but it's, it's getting pretty close to being their title to lose. Oh, I, yeah, I think it is. They, they're flying. They're really looking really, really good. Yeah, uh, obviously, probably one of the sides to follow them south. They put in a strong display against Lakes last week. And, and one of the big things for me is south. They've got those real big boppers in Cameron King and Brendan Simpson who just do damage up the middle. But those, those edge back rowers, Martin and Lawrence, they're absolutely phenomenal because... Like they're, they're quick enough and agile and, and their ball, ball movement's good enough that they could be you know, a first-choice centre at most first-grade clubs. But they're also strong enough and can card it up well enough that, they, that they're an easy second row and can and push them to the front row if they need to. So to have not only that versatility on one edge but on both edges just makes it really hard to match up against. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, they also come against a leg side that's probably a bit disjointed at the moment with Ags as... I think it was Ags' last, uh, last yeah, game yeah, to coach. Yeah, correct. So, yeah, they're probably... Lakes probably aren't at the best at the moment, obviously. So... South are looking good as well. So Yeah, I certainly think Lakes have got um, some more to give and, and probably a talking point in that game was that there was a send-off. Mm. Um, so South not only won that game but played, I think it was the last 12 minutes or so, down a player. So, you know, that, that that's nothing to be... That, you know, that can't be understated, I don't think. So certainly um, things looking great uh, under the tutelage of former Bulldogs star Andrew Bobcat Ryan in his first year over there at the Lions down at Meriwether. Big Bobcat. Mate, they, they, they've brought out the big guns, haven't they? Ben Cross last year, yep. Bobcat Ryan this year. so They can drag a name. Yeah, they <laughs> certainly can. And uh, speaking of names, mate, uh, former Knights Premiership winner Daniel Abraham wasn't able to help them across the line against the Butcher Boys. Those two sides, you know, there's not much separating them, but um, I think they're going to probably be in the discussion with maybe Cessnock for, if you had to pick a favourite for the Wooden Spoon at the moment. But it's a hard one to pick. I think we've got five sides with just the one win to their name. Yeah, well, I think that was Central's first win, wasn't it? Come it was, Central and yeah. Cessnock, yeah, yeah, this week. Yeah, I mean, I think that bottom of the table is really going to be... I mean, that mid sort of uh, to make the sandwich is going to be a really hard hard spot to get. I think there's a few sides that are sort of not quite there yet, that are sort of disjointed. Um, be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I, I think it's Randall Briggs is playing in the halves for Macquarie. And you can certainly see the difference. Randall, very accomplished footballer in his own right, but he's not Scott. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so they're certainly missing that direction. Of, you know, Scott Briggs and Todd Harrell, two names that, you know, neither of them signed anywhere at the moment. So both of them take some time away from footy. You know, from what I'm hearing, Todd's pretty much happy to hang up the boots. Scott, there might be some interest later on in the year. Uh, but it's, it's all about, that's, that's a big gap to, to lose two of your key, I guess. You know, not necessarily a spine member in Todd Hale. I mean, he plays a lot of lock, but they're just, they're the chiefs in the team. They steer the team around. They've been in the Newcastle Rugby League for forever and a day. Um, Scott Briggs, probably the most naturally talented footballer I've seen. Probably close to full stop, let alone that hasn't played in the NRL. So a huge loss and irreplaceable, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's quite a few of the Briggs boys going around and they're all quality. I mean, all of them. <laughs> but, yeah, Scott hopefully comes back for them. 
Yeah, well, hopefully we see him somewhere at least in yeah. Newcastle or Newcastle and Hunter because that sort of talent is something that, that bring, brings people back through the gates and uh, puts bums on seats. Yep. Uh, the other one, Curry, probably a surprise loser last week. Uh, be interesting to see that again a talent laden side. You know, young guys coming through, Jerome Haynes, Gara Barker, these sorts of players with the experience of Jade Porter, who, you know, I, I like to stir up the freak a little bit and say he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. Um, but, uh, look, you know, he's a, a seasoned head there, and these young guys, it's, I think it might just be struggling to find a bit of consistency week in, week out, and we saw that with Curry last year. Um, when these guys do find it, they're going to be a very, very dangerous team. Uh, so that, that's probably the Newcastle Rugby League wrap from last week. Uh, we'll have a look ahead to what's coming this week and uh, we'll start off with the fixtures on Saturday as we just have a bit of a technical difficulty here. Uh, so we'll have a look at the fixtures for Saturday and we start off with the Butcher Boys hosting the going as those two sides that broke their duck last week. Uh, certainly shapes an interesting one in terms of it. I mean we talked about NRL talent at West. Cessna have got a bloke by the name of Paul Carter. Central have got a guy by the name of Junior Okika. Like, Two very different players, but both with you know significant NRL experience behind them. Um, Junior, I think as much as he's been an asset for Central so far this year, he's been a little bit of a liability on that edge. He tends to shoot up quite hard and aggressively. We saw that last year at Lakes, and he had players with, that went with him. Central just don't seem to be able to pick up his pace of defence, and, and that's starting to you know create holes in behind him and those sorts of things. So if they can pick that up, it'll add another element to them. But again, if Cessna can get the best out of Carter... That could be the difference to you know them winning this. Uh, Callan Edwards has been a standout for them so far, but I really think that you know they're going to be looking to Paul, Paul Carter to step up and, and take it to Central here at St John. Yeah, I think boys like Paul Carter and that. that I, I think they'll be too strong on the weekend. I think Central aren't quite there yet. I reckon Cessnock will be too good. Yeah, I'm leaning to Cessnock as well. I did Amanar with Central being at home, but I just think the way Central play at the moment, way too much is falling under the shoulders of Brad Murray and Ethan Cook at times is really starting to show some glimpses, but not quite back to that full settled into playing in the halves again after you know a number of years in the back row. I think probably come round two of the season that they'll see that, and I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, when we get to the midpoint of the season, Central sitting in seventh or eighth, and make a late charge for that fourth and fifth spot um, as they gel. And you know guys like Cam Anderson really settles into that fullback role. He's, again, shown moments of brilliance, but it's about getting that 80 minutes together. Uh, the other game on Saturday sees third v fourth. Maitland Pickers will come back from that Horrific loss to Wes, and they travel out to the graveyard to take on Curry, who, again, as we just touched on, are coming off a loss. Certainly some uh, exciting players to watch here, but the battle I'm really looking forward to is the battle of the halves, uh, seeing the likes of uh, Jerome Haynes and Jay Porter coming up against Fraser Price, who's been an absolute standout for Maitland so far this year, although he was a little bit quiet against his old club West last week. Yeah, I've gone with uh, Maitland in this one. I reckon they'll be um, just too strong against Curry. Yeah, I'm going to go Curry to bounce back, but I really don't think there'll be much separating there. So I think this one might be something like a 16-12 or 16-14. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring affair, but there'll be plenty of physicality for those people that want to get out to the graveyard on Saturday. Uh, and it's always an exciting place to watch football. Great ground. Curry. Great ground. Uh, we move on Sunday afternoon. Two games on Sunday. The first of which is 1v2 for the second week in a row, and it's South hosting West. We've seen West. They started red hot here against Lakes. They dropped down and still got the win in round two. They bounced back with a big result in round three. Is this going to be an arm wrestle again, or is it going to be West at full throttle? I'm going West full throttle. You look at, like we said just earlier, the Walsh boys, uh, Metaudia, Brad Tyre. There's a lot of class in that team, like a lot of NRL class in that team. I think I think they'll be too strong. I think we'll see probably another hiding, maybe 30 points. 
yeah, I, I think this one, and it's going to be the story until we see West lose a game, is it's every week when it comes to the chips, it's going to be West by how much. <laughs> uh, look, I'm really looking forward to the battle of, you know, the back row. There's two very different cases in terms of, you know, and, and I, I sing their praise every week, Florence and Martin against the likes of Ryan Walker, who's obviously an outside back who's just throwing above his weight in the back row. Uh, you've got the likes of Tafua there as well. They obviously also have Warren Shillings. They've got a number of, you know, experienced players in that back row west, but they have a number of different looks, whereas Souths have their one look. It's the big boppers, it's the edge guys that, you know, go wide, fast and hard. Um, I, I think in the first half, west are going to probably be in the arm wrestle with Souths, but I think it'll be very different to where they've blown sides off the paddock in the first half in terms of Lakes and Maitland, and they'll run away with this in the second half. And, yeah, maybe not by 30 points, but look, I don't think it's going to be, you know, when we hit the 70th minute, I don't think there's going to be any doubt as to who's going to win this one. I'd say them by three or four tries. Final game of the round is here where we sit today. It is the Battle of Lake Macquarie. It's Lakes United, who are currently sitting in eighth on four and against, hosting the Macquarie Scorpions. Both sides won from three so far. Lakes for the first time under the stewardship of new coach Lyndon Shepherd. Um, and Macquarie, obviously... The now of Adam Betridge, uh, will it be enough to lift that late before a shield? Well, I met Shep a few times, really good bloke. I reckon they'll thrive under him. He's a superstar. Um, I've actually got a good mate uh, playing fullback for Lakes at the moment, Nick Worthington. Uh, Kiwi bloke who's come over, he's playing really good. Scored a double last week, so being a Belmont boy anyway, I think I'll have to back Lakes in this one. Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm, I was tossing a coin almost on this one. It's, it's so hard with you know how even the competition is, especially, you know, pretty much, well, once you go past West at the moment. Uh, on their day, we've seen over the last two rounds, anyone can beat anyone. Uh, again, you know, I spent, I spent a, a pretty good season out here. It was uh, some pretty pretty horrendous scorelines at uh, <laughs> different points as the club was trying to sort of rebuild at that point. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, that sort of blue and gold never leaves you once, you know, the old saying, Lakes are, mates. So, yeah, I'll be going Lakes have been the close one and Lyndon Shepard to get his uh, first grade coaching career off to the best start and uh, the Jules tab to be rocked pretty hard on, <laughs> on Sunday night. <laughs> Uh, so that's our Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League. Uh, sorry, that's Newcastle Rugby League. We'll move on to Group 21 Rugby League. I'm getting all tongue-tied with Hunter Valley here. Um, the results from the weekend, we had uh, Denman and Singleton faced off for the second time in a matter of five days or five and a half days, and Denman reversed the result from round one, 18-10. Uh, a little bit surprising, that one, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, considering you sort of put a hiding on in the first week and then... Second week you lose, so they must have a fair few players out on for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know those huge changes from looking at the team list, and you know those got the names, and, and and it's what we always revert to is the names that we talk about. You know, Frank Paul Nuisala and Chad Redman, two guys with NRL experience playing in, in the Hunter Valley comp. But Denman just, you know, they took it to them. They were quite impressive. I saw a little package of highlights, and yeah, Denman just what well, they got in the arm wrestle. It's, it's an unforgiving place to visit up at Denman. I don't know if you've ever played up there or had to travel up to. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a unique home ground. It's a beautiful spot, but I'm giving you the tip. On a Friday night at Denman, we're sitting here in the grandstand at Carl Oval and it's chilly. It'll be six degrees cool on this at Denman right now, let alone at, uh, you know, 7.40 at night on a Friday night. So uh, it might have been a bit of a turn-up for, you know, some of those guys. And I'm guessing Frank Paul Nilsala hasn't played at a place like Denman on a Friday <laughs> night before. Um, so that would have been a, an interesting uh, one for him. But uh, look, Denman... Just proved that they're right in that conversation. Prior to that, you know, after round one, you know, it's a four-team comp. A lot of people were talking about, you know, who wins at Singleton or Scone, essentially. And, you know, Singleton, you know, have they just bought themselves a premiership with those two guys coming in? But, you know, at the end of the day, look, Aberdeen now the only winless side. Um, and we'll get to them in a sec. But 
the joy of this premiership is, you know, again, on the day, it looks like in that Bengala comp that anyone can win on their day. Uh, and them improve that Friday night. And certainly we'll have Singleton and Scone looking over their shoulders. And again, the joys of it is that it doesn't really matter what happens during the 15 rounds. You play everyone five times, you could lose to someone five times. And if you peak come final time, I mean, you could lose every game and then go on a run of three games and win a premiership. It could be a very unique scenario we have in Group 21. Yeah, well, I mean, I actually read an article with the uh, captain coach of Denman. He was saying that they're not there to just make up numbers. I guess this is to prove it. That they've put that win on the board now, so they don't just want to be the team that's getting whipped every week. Obviously. Yeah, look, that, they made a concerted effort to make sure that they stayed in this first grade competition. And and as they said, they they're not here to make up the numbers. They're all about like if we're going to be there, like they could have taken the easy option, and and not to say not to be critical of the, the couple of sides that did drop down, but you know they could have taken that option and gone, oh yeah, you know, and and I mean a strong Denman side and having four strong sides. If it's going to be a four team competition, you need four strong sides because otherwise it really takes away the validity of a first grade competition and. And then, then you propose the question of, you know, what happens next. So, look, hopefully Denman can stay in, in it for the whole season. Hopefully Aberdeen um, can do the same. And hopefully we can see a couple of sides promote back to first grade next year. But uh, speaking of Aberdeen, they went down for the second time in two weeks. They went down at home in round one and now away to Scone, 40 to 22. So, um, look, you know, it's certainly a case that uh, Scone very strong through the middle. Um, they've got a couple of really good front rowers and, and they're well served by one of their second rowers, JJ Apthorpe, who's... Spent a lot of time in, in the Newcastle competition at, at uh, Central and South. Um, but Aberdeen, look, they're going to have their work cut out for them. This result shows, and they'll be wanting to chalk that first W in the next couple of rounds, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. I think I actually saw uh, Adam Clydesdale running around for Scone. I think he scored a hat-trick in that game, so he's obviously still playing all right. Yeah, exactly right. Well, it's crazy when you think about Adam Clydesdale, because we know that he had a year at Maitland, and um, also the fact that, you know, obviously he's an ex-NRL player, but we forget that he's only about 27. Mm. Like he's still young, so he has so much to give. He's, he's from, you know, the Hunter Valley. He's got connections to those clubs. And so it's great to see he obviously decided that, you know, a um, infrequent NRL slash New South Wales Cup career wasn't for him and he wanted to go back and, you know, work and use his trade. He's got a trade, I, believe, I couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head, but he wanted to use that and utilise it. And, you know, went to Maitland last year and did some good things there. But uh, I think he's playing in the halves up there. So certainly adding some to the scone, scone side. And I guess... His name and, and those other names that we mentioned before are the reasons that those two teams were certainly touted as the, the early premiership favourites. But, look, Aberdeen and Denman will, will give him some trouble along the way, undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to jump on to round three in the Hunter Valley competition. And the fixtures look like this. The big clash, and this one, I'm really intrigued to see how this goes. Uh, Thursday night leading into Scone Cup. So it'll be, well, it's tomorrow night for us, but it'll be tonight by the time the podcast comes out. <laughs> Scone Thoroughbreds versus Denman Devils. Can the class of Adam Clydesdale, they'll, they'll, you know, can he lead them to victory there at the uh, the horse capital ahead of the Scone Cup? It's been uh, horse week up there. Lots of festivities in Scone. Uh, most of the boys will have the day off the next day, so they'll be wanting to go go out with a bang and uh, probably celebrate Scone Cup in style, I would have thought. Geez, that'd be a good weekend. Get on that, get on the game Thursday, Scone Cup. That'd be a good, good weekend. I reckon Adam Clydesdale, man, he'll lead them to victory over them. Uh, Denman, like you said, they're, they're going to be in it to prove something, but I just think it'll probably be a bit too much. Scone's going to be a big day. They, they, won't, they won't mess this up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Scone, obviously, with quite a short turnaround. Um, but it doesn't seem to affect as much at this level as it does at the higher levels. But, yeah, I think, again, Denman might have played their, you know, their peak game last week, you know, a bit of a revenge game at home. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Scone to get this one done, maybe by two or three tries. In uh, the other match of the uh, weekend, it is... Sunday afternoon, bit of a gap between games, but uh, Singleton will host Aberdeen. So um, Sing- Singleton sitting second at the moment, Aberdeen in fourth. 
yet to win a game. Can Aberdeen break their duck uh, at Pertec Park there at Singleton? Yeah, I reckon uh, Singleton get a win here. I was, I was reading uh, Luke Gardner, their captain, said that they had a few players miss work commitments last game. So I think they'll come back into this a bit stronger. Um, Aberdeen, they'll probably struggle, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think Singleton will have a couple come back in and uh, they'll, just, they'll be looking, you know, they'll be, they'll be really revved up. They, they know that they're the premiership favourites. They know that that target's on their back and they'll be very disappointed to have dropped the game in round two. Um, and, yeah, so look look for them to really bounce back and do a job on Aberdeen. I'm going to say this one might finish, say, 46-10. Um, so that, that's the Newcastle... Sorry, I'm getting myself tangled again. That's the Group 21 Hunter Valley competition. I'm having an absolute shock at night. Uh, we'll move on to the Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League. Obviously, the big talking point has been regrading. So what we're going to do tonight, we're just going to... Have a quick run through the results from last week. We won't delve too deeply into them, and then we'll talk about the fixtures coming up. And, and off that, the regradings, obviously, the teams that have moved up and down. Yep. Um, so we'll run through. We'll start with A-grade. Uh, Belmont South hosted Dudley in the first of two Friday night games. Uh, they got to win 28-20, the, the uh, Bunnies over there at Lennigan Oval. Uh, Chop tells me that the lights at Lennigan Oval are pretty solid now. I still, <laughs> I still have my questions, but... You know, um, it's great to see lots of Friday night footy. I know you guys will get into your game in a bit. You guys played Friday night um, on the week that's gone as well. And so it's great to see, as you said, you know, it gives you an opportunity to drink for two days after to get a good <laughs> win. So happy days. Uh, in the other game, unfortunately, Woodbury really light on numbers. They lost their captain coach, Stephen Forrest, midweek. He's uh, uh, got a release and gone up to Gloucester just for some personal reasons. I believe he's based up there and it's just a bit easier. I mean, it's, it's not an easy travel when you're playing second division footy to be going from Gloucester to Woodbury to train all the time. So really disappointing for the Woodbury club. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed that, you know, with their regrading, they can bounce back. They went down 50 to nil in a game that was called off at halftime against Waratah. Uh, in the other games, Dora Creek continued to flex their muscle. They won 72-6. to six. And you talk about West having a target on their back. Dora Creek are almost uh, unbackable favourites. I think we do have them in the uh, theoretical odds at about dollar eighty-five. So, um, yeah, they're certainly... Uh, the ones to beat there, and uh, that was without uh, Chris Marlborough, which is um, obviously he had his engagement party slash surprise wedding on Saturday. So congrats to Marlbs. Um, uh, I can't believe she said yes, but well done, mate. <laughs> uh, and finally, Shortland hosted Fingal Bay, and Fingal Bay continued their undefeated run with a 44-10 win uh, over the Devils. Again, Shorty, you know, a very different side to the one that won the Premiership last year. A lot of players have left there. They're essentially a complete new club, so... Uh, that sees uh, round four wrapped up, and in round five we see three clubs promoted to the A grade. Uh, the University of Newcastle Seahorses return to A grade after a few years' absence. Fingal Bay are back up there. Uh, they'll host uh, Dora Creek in the match of the round, which we'll get to in a second. The other sides that went up were Windale and. That's it, sorry. So it was only two sides. Originally, it was three. That's right. We had a regrade with three, and then it was two. So yep. that's where I'm getting myself confused on that one. So Windale and University came up. Originally, East Maitland had come up, but um, due to Cardiff's re-sign, his Cardiff remained. So how do you think those two sides, first of all, are going to cope in the uh, A-grade competition, mate? Uni, we played against Uni quite a few times. They're just always the same. Just tough, tough guys. They're never that big. Just tough, tough, well-drilled. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll go quite well in A-grade. They're going to have a bit of a mismatch, as you said, and that's going to be the one question is how they deal with the sides, some of these biggest sides, especially the Waratahs, Belmont South, Dora Creek, um, and Fingal Bay. There's some, in, in that top tier, there's some really big physical sides. So, look, if they can hold their own, and we saw it last year in the grand final, Woodbury blew them off the park in that big grand final just by using size and experience. They're a young side, 
But, you know, the fact they've got Tyler Kersley and Jared Rodimo, who are both pretty seasoned guys in the halves, uh, look, they'll run teams around all day. They'll run, run them off their feet. It's just a matter of how often that's going to work or whether they get bashed into submission first. So it's going to be a really interesting clashing style, I think. And I think the next side that we get onto, Windar, might be quite similar. They've lost some size and experience in recent years, but then they've got, you know, they've got the three backers boys yeah, straight right. up. Exactly. Add, add in Matt Garrick, you know, when, when the old man can get himself fitting on the field. And, you know, there's, there's some serious talent there, let alone, you know, once you start to look at some of their centres and, you know, the likes of Josh Brett. I mean, Josh Brett's been yeah. playing front row for him and, you know, he'd be all about 75 to 80 kilos ring and wet, I reckon. But tough as nails, similar sort of thing. They've got, you know, undersized guys, but they're tough. They're hard, and, and you know you're going to be in a grind. And when you go out to Windale, there's no place like it. Yeah, they've got to be commended. How long have they been quality? And they really haven't got anyone that's not a local. Like, they're all pretty much locals. Josh Brett's, I think, captain coach last year, possibly, or two years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all those same guys that have been around, you know. And, and two of those names we just mentioned, Josh Brett and Matt Garrick, have been, you know, the heart and soul there, you know. You're, you're very, very rarely, you know, between the months of about... February and uh, September, not find Matt Garrick on a Tuesday, Thursday or Saturday down at either Window Oval or the Whackers. <laughs> so, you know, th- those guys have been the heart and soul of the club. Uh, I was lucky enough to, when I, the year I played here at Lakes, when our season finished up, I was lucky enough to go and get the pull in the boots with those guys. And, you know, they might get a bit of a bad rap for sort of the, the edgy seat uh, physicality of their play. And, you know, uh, but, mate, they're, they're a very tight-knit bunch of boys, um, you know, and, and they've brought a couple of guys back that'll add to that team. You know, the likes of Heath Donahue, Again, uh, you know, he's good for some, certainly some uh, really stylistic play. And also, I'm told, for a three-man cutout that'll go into row four every now and then. So, uh, yeah. And, and that's the great thing about the new the new regrading is so many local derbies. Belmont South, Dudley, Windale. You've then got Waratah and Cardiff. Um, you know, the, the only side that doesn't really, you know, university even. And, and I know that university's got Jared Rodham and Waratah's got a bunch of old South boys. So that when those two sides come together, there'll be no love, love lost. It sort of fingles the only other one, but you know, very much improved side on what they've been in years gone by. They've added some good good strength to their side. Uh, so yeah, look, really excited by what this offers, this A grade competition going forward, and that kicks off on Friday night. Dudley Windale. There's no love lost between these two teams. A lot of the boys know each other. Heath Donahue versus Corey Baker. That's going to be exciting in itself. I've seen a bit of the Facebook banter going on already. <laughs> But um, you'd certainly think that, uh, yeah, it should be a physical encounter. They'll, they'll, these boys will go toe-to-toe and no one will take it back with Seth on Friday night up at Dudley. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, from all reports, Dudley's got a few central boys in Corey Baker. I think a couple of their props might be... Yeah, um... Sam Collins, Terry Collins is captain coach there. They've also added um, a couple of guys in the outside backs as well whose names escape me at the moment, Tom Morton and I'll think of the others in a bit. But, yeah, they've added a few of those guys, which has really strengthened their roster. But, again... They're all guys that are from, from around that patch of the world, yeah, which yeah, is a great yeah. thing. And, and it's the same with all three sides in this little sort of corridor of Dudley, um, Windale and Belmont South. Is There's not a bunch of guys that, you know, that haven't gone and thrown, you know, hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars at, you know, someone from up in the coal fields or someone from over at Stockton or any of that sort of stuff. It's predominantly the guys that have known each other. And, you know, there's a few guys that have come back out of the woodwork that have played there previously. And um, when we get to Belmont South in a second, we'll touch on that. But... Uh, well, I'm going to lean to Dudley in this one. Uh, Matty Garrick's not going to be happy with me, but uh, I think Dudley will just, that bit of size will get them home in the end. Uh, maybe by four. Yeah, I've gone Dudley as well. I'd say I'll go by 12. Lovely. We'll move on to the Saturday fixtures. The earliest of the fixtures sees Cardiff host Waratah Mayfield. Uh, 2.30 kickoff there at Cardiff Oval. Waratah, it'll be interesting to see. They've had an eight-day rest. They only got half a game of footy in. Does, and, and, and leading into prior to that, they had a week and a half before that game because they played on the Anzac Eve game. So essentially in two and a half weeks, they've had 40 minutes of football. Does that affect them? Cardiff, 
I'm told we'll have some new signings, including, uh, I believe, one of the Janison boys, uh, who, again, Cardiff Royalty, essentially, they've been around there, you know, in between stints at Macquarie and, and West. Uh, they've been there for a long time and uh, been a core part of that club. So a few, few signings to boost them. Cardiff will really take it to Waratah in this one, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, Waratah's come uh, two, two wins from two, uh, four games. So I reckon they will look to extend it. Um, Cardiff, we spoke about it before we started recording, but when you got those two sides, I think you just sort of struggled, just maybe that little bit too much. Uh, and, and I mean, commending—you've got to commend any team that does it. It's hard, hard thing to do. Put two teams on the on the park. Um, Cardiff got a couple of boys like uh, Alan Middleton and uh, Jason Savin, both good players. But um, yeah, I, I think I'll go with uh, Waratah in this one. Yeah, the sheer size Waratah—they dropped their last last full game they played to Dudley, uh, but they'll they'll have a few of their big bodies back that they missed against Dudley and. Uh, you know, the guys like Alia Romadzic and uh, Dwayne Sampson give them that ball-playing edge in, in the edges of their back row. Uh, you know, and we talk, I talked about it in commentary with Aaron Morris when we did that game. Uh, Jason Boney plays halfback for him. The man can turn on a dime. He's got the most magical feet you've ever seen. He just hypnotises you, and one second he'll be in front of you, and, and you'd understand this mate being a back rower who's probably not the most laterally minded. <laughs> one second they're in front of you, the next second they're five metres to the right, and you just go, how the, did you get there? So... Uh, yeah, look, I think Waratah will get this one done, but I think it'll be a bit closer than many are expecting. I, I expect to see Cardiff uh, on a bit of an upward transition from here. Next up, mate, this this is the mouth-watering one. It's the first time, I think, barring finals matches, that Bar TV's covered a Saturday Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League fixture. The undefeated sides, Fingal Bay, a little bit of a surprise packet this year. Um, their, their addition of a couple of big fours that they've brought back in, and Evander Watau, who's come up from Asquith, has been absolutely magic for them, and Jake Redmond in the halves have been really strong. They're such a disciplined side. They come up against Dora Creek. Dora Creek's probably had, barring their clash with Dudley, a, a pretty easy draw so far. They've put some scores on teams. Uh, the last two weeks, I think they've posted something like 140 to 12. Uh, so will that lack of tough football, you know, when you have a look at Dora, uh, Fingal Bay, who, you know, played the likes of Dudley, uh, they, they beat Belmont South up there, and the road trip from Dora Creek to Fingal Bay, it's not a short one. No. Will those factors play against Dora Creek? Can Fingal Bay knock off the Premiership favourites? I'm going to say no. I think that similar to... They're probably the West of our comp at the moment, I think. Um, you got blokes running around like Black, Brad Clark. He's running around for the Bulldogs a few years ago. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, personally think, I personally think that, yeah, Thor would be too strong. Yeah, I think, you know, as you say, you've got Brad Clark, you've got Theron Pearson, who was, you know, playing New South Wales and Queensland Cup. Chris Marlborough, who played years of New South Wales Cup at the Knights and also at uh, the Illawarra Cutters. These sorts of guys, yeah, won a, and you know these guys won a premiership at Shortland last year. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to go and be the contrarian and tip Dora Creek here. I really would. Uh, but look, I, I think it'll be quite close. I think it'll be Dora Creek probably will just get them in the last probably ten minutes just with that bit of experience. Uh, but uh, and, and we'll probably see Chris Marlborough from what I'm hearing return to the starting side this week as well. He had a bit of issues with training and stuff, and obviously missed last week with the wedding. Uh, but we'll probably see him return to the starting side, which will be another boost, more minutes out of him. So, yeah, I think Dora Creek will get it done. But let me tell you this. If you've got time on Saturday, <laughs> get yourself to Fingal Bay. Not only is this going to be a belter of a game, but the hospitality out there. I've been to a lot of the Newcastle Hunter Grounds, and they've all got their own unique atmosphere, and there's some really good ones. And I've enjoyed a couple of days on the beers at Parbury Oval, let me tell you. But uh, it is just it's something else. It's a great spot to watch it in the sun there. Up, you know, It's a bit of a trek, but it's totally worth it. Maybe make sure you've got a designated driver because <laughs> the cans go down quite well sitting there on, on the grassy knoll. So... Um, yeah, look, I think Dora Craig will get this one done. I wouldn't be surprised to see plenty of points. Uh, maybe something like, uh, let's say, 38-28. The final game of the round, and this one's an interesting one for mine, Belmont South. 
hosting the University Seahorses over here at the Robert Warren. Well, look, we spoke on it earlier. I think Uni, they're going to be that sort of team. That's just They're going to be tough. Uh, not big, as we said, but they'll just be tough, well-drilled. But I think just the likes of Belly South at the moment, there's just too much class there, too much experience with, like, Chop, Liam Boney. Um, there's a lot of class in that team. Davies brothers. It certainly is. And, and the two guys that they added last week, Jacob Briggs and Aaron Simon. Um, and we talked about it before. You know, I asked the question, you know, and, and we'll get to this in a second after this game, but just have a think on those names. Who, who Who's still out there that could add to this competition and how do they fit them in? Mm. Um, but, look, I think again, uni, they'll be willing. They'll be, they'll be right up for it. But you know, I think by half time they'll know that they've bitten off a fair bit. I think they're going to have a tough year ahead of them. I think they'll. The the joy, the joy of it is they're a young side, so you know they can get flogged by a hundred one week and they'll bounce back like nothing's happened the next week. Um, but look, you know, I, I think Belmont South will have a point to prove here, and I think Chop will have the boys really g'd up for this one. And I expect Belmont to probably win this one by, I'm going to say probably sixteen to twenty. Yeah, I'll, I'll go a similar score. I think that, yeah, the uni boys, they'll be brave, but it's probably just a bit too much for them, I think. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a big step up just in one week, that's for sure. Um, and and that, that's the point I guess I want to touch on next, mate, is those players that might be out there um, unsigned, and we talked about one of them earlier, Scott Briggs. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how a side like Belmont South would fit him in. Um, obviously, you know, the incentive is there, Jake's there, but, you know, they've got Liam Boney, you talked about him before, they've got Jake Briggs, We've got Nathan Taylor to come back. Yeah. So straight away with those three, um, and they've got another guy who's escapes me, Caller, Matty Caller. Yeah. yeah. You know, then all of a sudden you're starting to look, they've got Scott Hartley to come back to play fullback. His availability is limited because he's based in Goulburn. Once you've got all those five guys in the spine, how do you fit Scott Briggs in? I mean, I mean, if Scott Briggs comes and tells you he wants to play, you fit him in. <laughs> you fit him in. Like that's, that's not a question. As I said, he's genuinely probably the most talented footballer I've ever seen. If he, when, he, when he's disciplined in his football, like, there's no one that can match it with him on his day. And he could blow this competition wide open. But you know, but the other question is, if he does go back to football, outside of Macquarie and Belmont South, with his connection, obviously he played juniors here at Lakes, knows Jake and a lot of the boys out there that are playing. He's from that era. Um, yeah. Is, is, is there anyone else? I'm not too sure where we go, but I mean, it's a great problem to have Belmont to have if it is going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, sure, I'm sure you can find a six or seven jersey from <laughs> Oh, We can have him, yeah. He can yeah. come down if he wants. <laughs> no, nah, but I, I mean, Chop would love that problem. I mean, he's going to have plenty of headaches in selections, but... He'll be able to rest himself, which is probably a good thing for the team. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about playing fullback or 5'8 himself. I said, geez, you boys are in trouble. <laughs> um, and, you know, the other one is obviously Todd Hurrell, but as I said, I think Todd will be pretty happy to be in retirement. I don't think there's too many other players wandering around that can... Well, there's plenty of other players that can add to teams that probably aren't, you know, locked down anywhere at the moment. But those two are the two that jump out at me. You know, they're two of his cup-level players, genuinely. I mean, I said, how Scott Briggs, his ability, he could have played NRL easily. Um, the only other one, I guess, in terms of, probably not an A-grade level, but lower-grade level, I noticed a um, not-so-young, uh, stocky-looking Indigenous player trotting along at Merriweather the other week uh, by the name of Owen Craig. He is looking fit as a fiddle, and we know he's torn apart this competition before. He's getting a bit older, but, you know... Um, I could certainly see him, uh, you know, Matt, how, how would you feel, mate, if you had to come up against him playing for Wobbacool? We actually came up against him a couple of years ago and he carved us up. He's yeah. still as good as he was any day. Well, mate, he's fitter, he's fitter now than he was then. He's back looking pretty, like, almost back to the size, maybe even a little bit smaller than he was when he played NRL. Yeah, well, he'd fit in any team, I reckon. He's yeah. that sort of player. I mean, he, he, he could play A grade if he wanted to. I just don't think that he'd have the drive. Mm. But if he popped into a B, C or D grade team, like, and, and a Wobbacool would be the one that, you know, I identify immediately. Um, and, you, and you talk about Briggs Brothers. There's one of there's one of the boys out there. Rob Rob's out there, obviously doing a great job. And Shannon Maven, 
Um, you add him to a wobble. I know you boys towed them up the other week, but that would make a whole different complexion just in terms of how he would calm them, the, the discipline and the structure that he could add. I'll put it out there. Owie, if you're listening, mate, find a team, sign up. I'd love to see him back playing because another one like Scott in just phenomenal talent that can turn it, turn a game with a click of, a click of his fingers as he, as he sees fit. Oh, yeah, beautiful cutout ball. I think he threw one about 40 metres against us. Someone scored straight over the line. And the thing is, he throws a 40-metre cutout ball like you and I might throw, like a pass as we're sitting apart from each other here. It's just, just like a little pop. Just with like, ease. Yeah, you get there and you're like, there's no wind-up. Like, a, I can't throw a 40-metre pass, but B, like... For me, if I was to throw a 20-meter one, there's like a massive wind-up and, and everyone on the field has time to react and get there before I throw it. So, yeah, yeah it's a, he's a phenomenal talent. And, and, you know, there's a few others of those guys. Um, when, I, when I threw this out to a few of the boys at a couple of clubs, you know, a couple of them threw up some names. One, one of them threw up Nathan Ross, and I said, look, I really don't think Nathan Ross is going to be coming out in the Newcastle Under Rugby League, and if he does, then, yeah, whoever he plays for, good luck to the opposition. Yeah. Like, um, you know, there was a few of those names yeah. running around. One other that someone raised him was Kate Snowden, but I've been yeah. told that medically he won't be back. Uh, he'd love to, uh, but medically he just can't come back on it. And the other one is Dora Creek. We're talking to Richie Fayoso, but I understand it's a similar scenario um, around uh, his previous neck injuries and stuff. But and, and that's a scary thought. Imagine Dora Creek add Richie Fayoso to their oh, team. I would not like to be coming up against that. Well, I don't. I don't think there's that many. I, I'm betting now you're probably not that keen to come against Dora Creek as they are, oh, let, alone, right. let alone with him. <laughs> so yeah, look, be exciting and uh, look, you know if, if you've got any thoughts we'd love to hear from people if they know of anyone else floating around that um, it'd be great to see turning out I'll notice you know speaking of some other names I noticed Willie Palaio came back a fortnight ago um, back to Woodbury Alfred Whaleboat who was at Woodbury last year signed <laughs> up at Morpeth and we see Morpeth go up into B grade um, there's, there's two whaleboats there so that's exciting uh, and, and some of these guys are you know they're a little bit older but you can get away with that a little bit more in, in second division footy um, so yeah so look you know Willie Palaio is probably the oldest looking bloke running around in, in Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League, but I'm not going to say that to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, some of these guys who've got the talent and have been around for a few years coming back into the competition. And, Absolutely. you know, there's plenty of them running around. And we might move on from that, mate. And as I said, yeah, if anyone's got any suggestions, certainly inbox the page and we'll, we'll give them a run next week and see what see what we think. I know there's uh, one guy, Swansea, just terrified after he said Alpha Wave, Alpha Wave, that he'd been belted about four times by him. Brad White has. Every time we played him, Whaleboat has just gone after him and got him every time. <laughs> the, the boat doesn't miss when he goes after. <laughs> the scary thing about Alfred Whaleboat is you can hit you like a Mack truck, but he can, he can also just skin you. So, and, and I had that when he was playing for Cessnock. He was playing a third grade game and I was playing for Lakes. And the first time I got the ball, I saw him step back inside and missed him, fortunately. Ran into someone else who I think might have been Shane Johnson at the time, who was no better option. Uh, the next time Alfred had the ball, he ran straight over the top of me. And, and anyone that saw me play knows my tackling technique was far from professional textbook. So that wasn't a surprise. The next time I thought I'll shoot up on him as he gets the ball. I shot up on him and he just went, just jinked a little bit and stepped and accelerated around me. And I was left clutching air and I just went, like, what do you do? Like, I mean, I was going to say I might be able to catch him now, but I probably couldn't still. So, but no, and I actually, I actually said that on the Morpeth page the other day. It's great to see him out there and great to see him up in B grade. And I'm looking forward to seeing the big boat light up the B grade competition. Uh, speaking of B grade, the quick run through the results. University last round, 34-22 winners over Glendale. Uh, East Maitland, 48-10 winners over Morissette. West Walls End took down Tall Timbers, 38-14. And Windale, 18-12 winners over the top Katara side. Uh, looking at the fixtures for next round, um, obviously, as we said, there's a couple of those sides in University and Windale that have gone up. And we also see Tall Timbers and Morissette go down. So it's a very different looking uh, B-grade competition, great to see B-grade Friday night football out at Tuxford Park. Shortland versus East Maitland. This will be an interesting one. Uh, Shorty got some uh, solid players, the likes of Captain Coach Jaden Tung, uh, Gary Baker, those sorts of guys. 
East Maitland. On the shoulders of Chad Irvine, he's an absolute superstar. He is about seven foot tall and about 125 kilos, but he plays 80 minutes. It's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, you talk about not wanting to run at Richie Fayo, so I don't know many blokes in Newcastle and Rugby League that run straight at Chad Irvine. Yeah, well, uh, this whole B-grade comp is going to be completely different now. You know, it's going to take a few weeks, I think, for us to really work out who's probably going to be sitting where, just because, I mean, from the start of the season, there's maybe only two or three teams that started in that competition. Um, in regards to this game, Shorty, as we know, a far different team from last year. Um, but it's hard to say. East Maitland are coming off a big win. Uh, they've got Noel Dent there still. So Yeah, and uh, very much in uh, opposition to what, what we talked about last week. And, and I do apologise to the boys at East Maitland. I, I got some tips. That we'll talk about this off air. You know, I got some tips from two completely different sources that, you know, there was some unrest in the camp and that certainly didn't look the, that way. And, you know, whether, whether that was a motivation or not for them. And I think we said it on the show last week, you know, the best thing for East Maitland is if they can keep Noel Dent there. They've got a really good playing course. So hopefully it all, is all harmonious and they can give B-grade a shake like they gave a shake to C-grade last year. Yeah, they might have to thank you. I mean, they, they put a decent win on after that. They're so, welcome. Uh, if any other clubs want me to start some, start some goss, you know, you want, you, want me to talk, you want me to talk about the unrest at Swansea? <laughs> no, none of that. Wait, I, I hear there's plenty of unrest because I've heard how much you're getting paid. <laughs> uh, I'll go with East Maitland here. I think that uh, Shorty... It's it's once it's just a bit hard to tell at the moment with the drop, but with the regrades. But yeah, I'll, I'll stick with East Maitland and we'll see what happens. I'll go shorty at Tuxa Park. Just something a little bit different. I think this one will be uh, a very interesting clash, as you said, though, and certainly a lot to be measured by all of these games. Next up, we see Glendale hosting Woodbury. Glendale for mine have been quite impressive. They signed Steve Slee in the offseason from Cardiff. Uh, they got the man that we did the player profile on yesterday, Troy, Troy Forbes, Forbes, the unknown date of birth. Um, <laughs> it's, est- it's estimated. He said, I like in his profile. He said that. Uh, he liked Cliffy Lyons and Jeff Tooby growing <laughs> up. I, I think his age is somewhere between Cliffy Lyons and Jeff Tooby. So, um, you know, uh, Forbes, he's done a great job there. He's been a solid contributor to all the clubs, and I'm sure you've probably come up against him in, over the years at his different clubs like Wanji and stuff. So, um, look, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Glendale. Woodbury, obviously, it's really hard to gauge because there is a significant gap between that A and B grade competition, but I'm going to go the Gorillas at home. Yeah, the Gorillas, they, they need a bit of a wrap, actually. They, I think they dropped out of the comp maybe three years ago. They've come back in. They've slowly worked their way up the grades. Um, I think Troy Forbes has maybe been there the whole time. Um, we came up against him a couple of years ago when they made the grand final that year. Um, but, mate, they're, I think they're, they're going really good, I reckon. I, I think they'll go close to winning this comp. Um, yeah, Close I, like Ben Robertson. In I was going to say, that's, I, I had a chat to Ben, who's, I believe he's the president out there now, Benny. Um, I had a chat to him the other day, and I said, you guys would have to be a smoky for this now. And... Um, well, you know, he certainly didn't didn't claim outright favouritism, but um, you know, he said that they were confident that they're going to be competitive all year, and uh, they can keep their guys in the paddock. Uh, yeah, they're certainly uh, looking looking in the mix. And, and, I, and I spoke to the book, you know, after last week's game, and and that, there was big raps on their young centre whose name escapes me, but you did get a mention in Forbes's profile. Uh, maybe Hay, uh, red-headed centre. There's big raps on him from the boys at Uni. They said, look, he's going to terrorise some defences later this year. So yeah, I think the Gorillas will get this one done. Um, did we get a tip from you there, mate? Uh, I'll take Glendale. Lovely. Uh, next up, we see the promoted Morpeth, the home of the boat. They host West Walls End. West Walls End, a good young side. Um, Jack Begley doing really good work at hooker and half. I, I say this very reluctantly, but, you know, led pretty well up the middle by Daniel Melmoth. I don't want to give him too much of a rap. He, uh, you know... I did see him come out and call out Dora Creek during the week on the page, which was very interesting. You're, you're in B grade, Dan, so he said Dora Creek's going to choke. And I was like, all right. That's, it's that's easy to call him out from B grade. Yeah, well, that's all right. We'll get, it, we'll get him to run straight at Richie Fayo, so he'd be silly enough to do it, Dan, too. Um, but look, you know, Westwall's end have been pretty strong. They had a good win over Tall Timbers last week. 
Uh, Morpeth have only dropped one game, and that was the Malibula in the C-grade competition, but how's that step up going to be? I'm actually going to back them at home. Um, it's an interesting ground to visit out there. It's a bit harder. It's that cricket ground with the old grandstand. The locals are very, you know, they're very constructive in their feedback to the opposition, um, and they like to get a few cans in them. A lot of them just wander down from the town itself, and, yeah, I think the Bulls will get home in, uh, let's say, maybe 30 to 22. This is another one of those hard games because West Bulls end, you don't really know from that last game where they're at because of the regrading once again. Morpeth coming up. Um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll take the Bulls at home. And the final match of the round sees the Malibula Panthers host the Katara Bears. Malibula have beaten all comers in C grade. They come up here. Katara were an A grade side last year. We talked about, again, off air. It's, it's a real struggle, A, when you've got two teams, B, when those two teams go on the road, and C, when you've got players in and out with work, which it seems, looking at Katara's team list, there's not a huge consistency. So, look, if, if a full-strength Katara shows up here, they'll be right in the game. If they don't know that trip, trip up the Tilligary Peninsula is a tough one. Anyone that's done it over the years will know that. And so just because of that, I'm going to go the, the Buller boys, and um, I'm going to say they're probably going to win this one by 12 to 18 points. Yeah, I think Buller's going to have too much experience. Um, to, to have the, We said it earlier, Swansea did it a couple of years ago. To have those two teams, it's really hard, especially on the road, like you just said. Um, I, I just I can't see them getting enough players to get up there uh, to get the win against them, I don't think. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll move on to C-grade. Uh, and first up, Abba Main at um, their shifted home ground last week of Curry Sports Ground. Went down 34-12 to Abba Glass and Ants. Uh, Gloucester Magpies, they won 26-12 against their Magpie brethren, Raymond Terrace. Morpeth, before they went up, 60-20 to winners over Walls and Maryland. That's an interesting one because Walls and Maryland obviously were in B grade to start the season. Uh, and Budgiewoy, another team that's got those two teams, they went down 40-4 to to Malaboola. So, um, you know, points to Budgiewoy, we talked about that, uh, I guess, just in the fact of, you know, scraping together a second team to avoid that by in D grade. So the new guys as um, a team in that competition would certainly appreciate one less weekend off. I mean, you pay your rego fees for a reason. Exactly. Uh, let's have a look at this week's fixtures, and it looks like we've got a feast of Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock kickoffs. First of all, Morissette, uh, they've come down, and uh, they head all the way up to Gloucester. That's a bit of a trek. Oh, it'd be a long um, drive. Especially considering a lot of the Morissette boys come from Tooley. Oh, that's going to be a very long drive. Uh, Swansea has to do it a few, a few, a few times over the years. It's not fun. I can it's a fun right place now. to visit, though, like after the game. It's very social. Oh, very social. Great place. Yeah, unfortunately, it's really hard because then you've got to do the trip back. So, you know, yes. you either need to book accommodation and stay at the pub, which I've done a few times as a referee, and they look after you up there. Um, or alternatively, just have one and then, with much reluctance, do the white wizard and smoke bomb <laughs> out of there before you get yourself into too much trouble. Yeah, we've uh, travelled up there quite a few times over the last 10 years. I think we've had one win, and it has been a lot of long bus, tri- bus drives back home. Um, I, I think Morpeth, I mean, sorry, Morissette will probably go down the same. Um, I think there's probably too much, a bit too much class in this Gloucester side. They've got a couple of ex-shorty players in uh, Michael Edmonds and um, Carruthers, I think his name yep. is. Um, so, yeah, I'll go. I'll yeah, they've, they've certainly recruited well. And as we talked about before, they've recruited Steve Forrest, which is no mean mean addition. Um, look, if this was at Morissette, I, I, I'd have a bit, a bit of difficulty in tipping this one. I think Morissette's got some real potential upside to them. A uh, few people questioning why they were regraded two and two and they went down. I just think they might have uh, had a couple of players who might have been committed to them who, who were no longer. And, uh, yeah, I think the, uh, those additions that you talked about before of Gloucester will see them across the line uh, at home. Uh, speaking of road trips, this next one, there's going to be plenty in this one. Imagine having to go from Tall Timbers to Gloucester. That's, yeah. that, that is a road trip. That is a road trip. Tall Timbers, based out of Arimba, they host Abermain. 
Uh, Abermain coming off a loss to Aberglassen. Tall Timbers coming off that loss in the B-grade comp. They've bounced around competitions. They're in D-grade. Now they're in... Then they're in B-grade. Now they're in C. I think C's probably their right home. And I think they'll be right in the mix of this C-grade competition looking at their team. So uh, I'm going to tip them at home down there at uh, Bill So here Park at Arimba. Uh, I think they'll do a fair job on Abermain and might win this one by uh, 20 to 24 points. Yeah, tall timbers are hard, and I, I honestly don't know nothing about them. I, I know they're from Marimba, that's about it. I, I couldn't tell you who plays. They're from. called the tree cutters, if that helps. The tree cutters, there you go. Um, but I just think the jump from, I mean, they've gone up to B, obviously, didn't get a win there, but they've come back down to C. I don't think the jump from Southern Comp to C is that big, so I think they'll get the win. I think they'll be fine against Abermain. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll disgrace against West Wales, but I understand they finished with 13 players last week and still only lost by sort of three or four tries, which is not bad. West Wales and certainly sold side, so. Like I said, I think Tall Timbers will be one of the teams to beat. The next one, uh, Walls End Maryland hosting Bardiaway Bordogs. One of your ex-colleagues, mate, Wade Dunn. Can he lead them to victory there at the Grange? Now, there, there's a ground. We talk about grounds that are tough to visit. The Grange, the crowd, there's a unique brand. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to have to back the ex-Swansea player in Wade. Um, he, I think they've struggled a bit this year, haven't they? Oh, they might be... Yeah, they just, certainly have, yeah. I think they've struggled a bit this year. They've but only got the one win, and I think that was by forfeit. Yeah, well... Budgie Boy, as, as we've already said tonight, um, one of those teams that are trying to do the two teams away from home. I think it's just a bit too much. I'll, I'll have to go with uh, Dunning and Walls End. Yeah, I, I think Walls End will probably, you might find Budgie Boy a little light on cattle and Walls End will probably get uh, get it done at the end. And hopefully it's the man, Mr. Dunn, steers them home. <laughs> that or the experience of Jeremy Lowe. The final game of the round sees Raymond Terrace host Aberglassen. And uh, it's always interesting. I remember when I first came back to Newcastle and I was refereeing and one of the first first grade touchlines I did was Raymond Terrace, and it's hard, and it's not that long ago that Raymond Terrace were it's, you know a real NRL side, Great and now we down. see them sitting in, in C grade. It's it's a little sad, but it's the reality of the competition. I mean, Nelson Bay don't even exist, so it's great that they're still in existence and still going around. And one of the players was on the field that day, and so we're going back to 2005 was Brooke Roach, and he's now the captain coach of Raymond Terrace in C grade. So, and he was a seasoned player then. So. And he's been playing playing senior footy, I'm going to say, since probably 2001-2. So we're probably looking at you know the best part of 19 years. And I tell you what, I watched him play at Kersley the other week and he laid out some blokes just with <laughs> clean, hard shots, contact with the shoulder, textbook stuff. So great to see him still going around. And uh, whatever you do, if you ever come up against him, don't pull his ponytail. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is sad about the Terrace um, to go from where they are to where they are now. But, I mean, everyone goes to rebuild. They might... Hopefully one day we might see him back up in A-grade, maybe even better. Uh, well, you know, and that's, that's something I talked about. I was talking with um, one of the guys from Newcastle Rugby League, Dave Paul Arendelle, and I said, unfortunately, it's got to the point where teams are sort of almost, you know, not not outright buying a comp, but they're, they're, they're stockpiling a few players for a two- or three-year run to win a comp, and then they don't, you know, I mean, they've got to look short when they're completely gone. Stockton, who played in the grand final, don't exist, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's plenty of sides that have done that over the years. You know, Linton and Carrington were up there in the B-grade and C-grade competition only a couple of years ago. They don't exist. And it's one of the things, I guess, you know, talking to Chop and some of those guys, the clubs around here do pride themselves on and they've tended to be around that A and B. I know Window dropped down to C last year with a, a bit of an exodus of players, but, you know, all of a sudden they're back up in A. Um, yeah, it's certainly interesting and it'd be great to see if, you know, a club could build on that. And I, I don't know whether any of these Newcastle other clubs could ever get to the point of, you know, pushing into the Tui's Cup again. I know Waratah had goals of it a few years ago, but again, they went out the back door, they're back this year. Yeah. Just some sustained you know, um, success. And by success, I don't necessarily mean winning comps. Like, being an A-grade could be success. I certainly know, like, uh, for you guys at Swansea, if you saw a progression next year into C and then a couple of years later into B and then into A, that'd be huge for, you, for yeah. your club. Yep. But again, as, as you said, it's hard where you are to recruit players. You know, there's, there's pretty much nothing south of you barring, you know, a handful of people at Norswalk and Cairns Wharf and then you're down in the Central Coast comp. Yep. 
So it's, it's, it's all about, I guess, you know, exactly what happens there and, and how they do that. You know, is, is there a way to say, you know, a licensing system or, you know, you get a three-year license like they do in the uh, MPL soccer and the new FM soccer and, you know, you've got to meet certain criteria both in terms of playing, financial, all these sorts of things. Um, and if you are an A-grade side, maybe you have to have a, a C or a D-grade side, you know. It's, it's hard, though, because of the restraints of it because players just jump around and move with the wind. Um, you know, even mid-season, as we see plenty of, and we talked about, you know, a couple of players that have done that in recent years. But it'd be great to see a bit of sustainability and, you know, maybe some clubs with some goals of, you know, going, okay, well, we're going to, you know, push our way. And, and it's hard because a lot of them do, you know, essentially, whether in practice or in theory, feed to other clubs that are in the Tui's Cup. But I'd certainly love to see the Tui's Cup back to a 9 or 10 or 11 or 12. I'd love to see a 12-team comp in the Tui's Cup and a 12-team A-grade. I mean, how good would that be? Life would be great. But, you know, it's whether or not that's a, a realistic thing with all the other competing sports and competing, you know, things for attention of young guys as they come through now. And I think we're starting to see the average age and Newcastle and Hunter is starting to creep back up again. So, you know, is that a sign for the future? I don't know. And again, another thing for any of our listeners out there that are passionate about it, to let us know what your thoughts are and, you know, what, tell us how Swansea can get all their way back to the Tui's Cup <laughs> and take on Lakes. Imagine that. <laughs> what a derby. So, yeah, so back to back to the uh, Seagrave. Raymond Terrace, Aberglass, and I'm going to go to Ants to win this one pretty comfortably. I'm pretty impressed with what they've got in the paddock. Um, and, you know, I think that'll be, like, if you're picking it now, they'll be up, up and in the, in the finals mix in this Seagrave competition come uh, August. Yeah, the Ants, they've started strong. They've had wins over Gloucester, Budgeoy, and Abermain. I think their only loss was uh, Morpeth, who have dropped out of the competition. Oh, sorry, going up in the competition. Um, yeah, I think the answer would be too good. I'll take them. Lovely, mate. Uh, we'll jump on to the D-grade Southern comp, mate. You'll be able to give us all the info on this one. Uh, now, is it true that uh, the spike in performance with a 40-10 to 10 win after a loss the week before was due to being the Bar TV game? <laughs> it actually got cancelled. It rained. Oh, did so it? we didn't even get it happen. Oh. So... Uh, all the boys put all their makeup on. They went to the hairdressers, and it was all for nothing. Uh, I've seen some of the boys you played with. That would have been a, that would have been a fair ordeal. <laughs> Lucky Paul Gosper wasn't playing. <laughs> he would have been in front of the camera. Don't worry, he found his way. Yeah, he would have, mate. No, um, mate, we uh, we started started really good. We had that one upset against um, Katara. We'll call it upset if we we should have won. I think. Um, but yeah, we we come back and form against Cardiff on the weekend. So. Mate, um, what, what are your thoughts when uh, someone said to me the other day, D-grade Southern is going to be a battle of the waterbirds? Battle of the waterbirds? Us and the ducks, you reckon? Yeah. I think... Uh... And, and I'm hearing it from the ducks. That, that not, only, not only, you know, are they you know the undefeated form side of the competition, they reckon they can outdrink any side of the competition too. Mate, I, I don't know if you've seen Duck TV. I have seen it, Duck it, TV. How good is it? It is great. Mate, yeah. They're going to be inundated with players wanting to play for them next year. Yep. They, they'll have three sides. <laughs> I've actually written down here that if I wasn't playing for Swansea, I think I'd play for the Ducks. They're, they're a great club. Yeah, those two teams might fight over you, mate. <laughs> I don't think anyone's fighting over no, you. No, no, no. We don't, we don't say fight over you. Like Swansea, they're like, no, you have him. They're like, no, you keep him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Lucky, lucky you're good at the um, back office stuff, Yeah, mate. that's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Uh, in other games, Budgie Woy went down in a close one, 22-18 to Wanji. Hamilton, the team we talked about, they beat Kersley, who've come down 48-8. to and uh, a Wobbacool getting a win over Qatar. That was probably a little bit of a surprise to many on Sunday afternoon over at Walters Park, 24-22. Um, certainly interesting. Again, it's a real hard thing, you know, again, for Qatar. Like that, I mean, they could have brought some of their players back across from their B-grade side, but when you've played on Saturday, trying to turn up again on Sunday and playing against a Wobbacool, you guys are taking on it. I know you put a, jo- a job on it, but they're a physical side. Yeah, absolutely. They are a physical side. Um, they were last year as well. They're always a pretty physical side. Um, I think that's probably, that scoreline's probably a bit of the, as we said, the two teams. They might not have travelled. Uh, might have got some injuries on the on the Saturday and couldn't have couldn't have backed up on the Sunday. So, 
I think you'll see a lot of those sort of scores with the two teams. It's sort of hard to judge exactly yeah. where they're at. And especially, I think, Qatar, we talked about looking at their team list. It looks like some weeks they've got, you know, six or seven guys come out of that A team, which is in B grade. And that means that guys get dragged up because that's always going to be a priority as your first team. That's exactly. the one you want to be most competitive. Um, so, yeah, certainly interesting. Uh, On to this weekend's results. We'll move right along. Cardiff versus Hamilton. It's a little bit of a derby match. Um, can you see Hamilton being beaten? Obviously, you guys did a job on Cardiff last week. You haven't seen Hamilton yet in the, in the flesh. and I, I really look forward to that game. I'm going to try and uh, get to that one. I think I think it might be exciting. Swansea versus Hamilton. Uh, Cardiff and the Ducks. Uh, the Ducks just look impressive. I think they're the team to beat, to be honest. Or the Waterbird to beat, if you will. Yeah. Um, I've certainly been impressed. And, and, and I was surprised. I said to you, you guys were probably lucky to have that upset win. It might have dodged the uh, re-graders pencil. I think they might be, uh, might be lucky to have uh, dodged as well, especially you know some sides. I think there might have been some reluctance to drop balls in Maryland, another grade, but you know they might have been a team that they might have looked at, and um, obviously Budgie couldn't be dropped down. You can have two Budgie sides in the same grade. That would have been all sorts of uh, interesting, but yeah, yeah I think, I think that those two factors probably saved them. Um, but yeah, I guess take, take the most of your good fortune, Hamilton, and uh, I, well, take, take the on your back. Good, good union players. That's the rumor I'm getting. Yeah, a few country union players, I understand. A few other guys that have been around, like Geordie Boyce, I think might have played at uh, Central last year in the lower grades or the year before. So, yep. Um, yeah, very social bunch of boys, and I've got to got to do a big shout out to them. I mean, amongst all the other teams, new side, they've been right around. You know, as soon as, as soon as we want any information, you know, getting involved as soon as the player profiles can we get involved, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, and speaking of that, any of the clubs that want to get involved in the player profiles, just shoot the, t- the page a message and. Uh, We'll try and put a few of them up. Obviously, we can't inundate one a day, but we'll try and make sure that all the clubs through the season uh, get the opportunity to stitch up at least one of their team members. Uh, so, yeah, look, I, I think Hamilton will probably win this one by probably 30. Yeah, I'm, I think Hamilton will do a number on him here. Uh, we'll leave the next game until the end. Uh, we'll go to Awabakal versus Budgeoy. This is an interesting one. Again, Budgeoy, one of those two-team clubs split across two different locations. Um, I think uh, Awabakal could go back to back here. I think so. Uh it's the same thing we've harped, harped on a little bit tonight. Um, the two teams, especially Budgie, they're already struggling to start with. They had a forfeit the other week. Um, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll get a win against Warwick. They'll be too strong. No, they went close last week, but I think at uh, Walters Park and on a Saturday, which is a rare thing for them. Uh, obviously, the Union not there, so great to see them uh, getting a Saturday fixture, which is their ideal time slot. Next on Wanji and Katara. Wanji did get the win last week, uh, but. Uh, yeah, look, I think Katara Bears might be a little bit too strong for them bouncing back this week. I'm interested in this game. Obviously, you know, us being in this competition, it's, this is sort of a game that I'd like to see. Um, I, I'm, sure, you... I'm sure your teammates are happy for you to go and watch. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's different days, hopefully. No, same day. All right, well, I'll head over to that game. <laughs> <laughs> Just swim across the lake, mate. It'll be quicker than driving around. <laughs> no, I, uh, I think Katara will get the get the biscuits, but um, I mean, I wouldn't well, be surprised. Wondry's an interesting one, like... Um, I noticed there's a couple of guys there, and there's a guy who played here at Lakes for a year or two, Ivan Lemalama, a phenomenally talented footballer playing out there. And they've got a few guys that are really talented, but it just seems like they can't click. They've been there, uh, Ivan Lemalama and Shannon Turton, who played rugby union out at Lake Macquarie, played first grade, um, I think halfback and maybe a little bit of breakaway for them uh, over the years. Um, mate, those, those two guys, both very talented athletes, getting, you know, well, they're not getting on that old. I mean, Ivan's a little bit younger than I am, but Shannon's probably a couple of years older. But still both got, it's obviously just, you know, the connection with the rest of the team there. I'm not sure what's happening. It's hard, as you'd know, like getting guys are training twice in a week if they don't train, trying to get the connections and the cohesion going. So, uh, look, there'll, there'll be days, and, and I think we saw it last year, I think in the start of the season, Wanji won one game by 80 and then lost by 50 the next week. And then the sides that they played, the team that they that they smashed beat the team that they got beat by the week after yeah. that. So, 
it's a, it's a really unpredictable thing. Again, availability, we were talking about it before, shift work, all those sorts of things go into it. Um, so, yeah, certainly uh, be an interesting one. The final one, mate, uh, speaking of road trips, you head all the way up to Jeffreys Park in Kersley uh, and take on the Crushers. They're yet to win a game. They've come down to your competition. Um, you guys would certainly, I think, go into this one as favourites. They've uh, got one of the flashiest-looking strips around the Crushers, but um, they're certainly a shadow of the team they were last year, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I was going to say last year, I think we actually played them and they were a pretty strong side. Um, we actually travelled up there. It was one of the hardest games I think we've played. Uh, but I can't go against my boys. I'll have to say we get the win. Matt, Matt Gilbert, first and last try scorer, man of the match. Probably not even playing. <laughs> Best water boy. Best water boy on field. Yeah, lovely, mate. Uh, we'll move on to the Northern Conference so that we can wrap this up and, and get you out of the cold, mate. Uh, Northern Conference, the one conference that wasn't touched by regrading at any point along the way. Uh, Dungog got up winners 18-16 over Patterson River in a little bit of an upset. Clarence Town continued their uh, role as the pace set as the competition remained undefeated with a 62-24 win. Defence was optional in that one, I think, against Maitland United. at uh, played at Coronation Oval. Originally, it was set down for McKeechee's Oval, but Coronation Oval, that place is like concrete. Uh, Hinton, 60-6 winners over Karua. They're the cellar dwellers there. And the Stroud Raiders, 34, beat Tea Gardens, 14, up at Mile Park. So... Uh, this little competition sort of kept to itself almost over the last couple of years. I know Gloucester's has burst out of it this year, uh, but you know they've sort of kept themselves, done their own thing, and just sort of you know run their own race. And they seem pretty happy with that. And that's the impression I got uh, when when I spoke to the NHRL guys in regards uh, to regrading. So they've kept themselves. And Clarence Town, a pretty solid outfit. And I mean, we've harped on about it pretty much every episode of the last four weeks. But a team that's got Blake Birch in it in D grade in D grade Northern. You know, they're, they're going to be the team to beat all season long until someone proves otherwise. Uh, speaking of Clarence Town, they host Patterson River at 2 o'clock at Clarence Town Park on Saturday. Uh, how much do they win by? Mate, I think a bit. Uh, that field, have you been to Clarence Town Oval? I haven't played there, no. It is, I reckon, about 60 degrees on angle. It is the, it's got to be the biggest angle so in the So do you just play one half when you go there? Just well, yeah, I, just the, I still don't know which way is better, if it's running uphill or downhill. I'm still not sure, but um, I think Clarence down at home, mate, they'll be too, they'll be too strong. Running uphill, just grubbing and the goal it rolls back. There's a green <laughs> down the centre coast like that. I think it's called Myambla Oval, Norfolk used to play there. And literally the in-goal goes up a hill and you get teams that grub it in the in-goal, it rolls up the hill and then rolls back down. It's nearly impossible to kick it dead unless you kick the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, I think Clarence down as well. I think they'll probably win this one by 20 to 30 points. Next up, Karua host Stroud at Lionel Morton Oval. Uh, mate, I'm, I'm a Canberra Raiders fan. I make no shame of that. And uh, I'm, I'm a Stroud Raiders fan too. Simon Chappell at the age of 51 going around for them is an absolute superstar. And uh, I think Stroud will go back to back and uh, heap some further misery on the Karua Roos and leave them rooted to the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, Karua yet to find a win. Um, Stroud, on the other hand, you know, tough country boys. Two wins already. I think they'll be too tough. Uh, next up, Hinton play Maitland United. Maitland United coming off that drubbing at the hands of Clarence Town. The Hornets at home uh, at Stuart Park there for the second week in a row. I think they'll uh, chalk another win. Yeah, I work with a bloke that's a Hinton fan. He reckons that they're special for the, the Premiership. So I'll tell you what, I've, I've played cricket there. I used to play in the Maitland Common. It's one of the most picturesque little old school grounds. Do yourself a favour, guys. If you get a chance during the year to go up to Hinton, uh, maybe go up and see when they host Clarence now when, they, when, when the Blake Birch shows on wheels and um, check it out. But yeah, I think Hinton will be... Uh, Pretty strong there. Maitland United will be much improved on last week. The final one for me, Dungog and Tea Gardens, Bennett Park. Tea Gardens will be very thankful it's not a Friday night game at Bennett Park. Dungog love those. Uh, I'm still being told by a number of sources the best steak sandwiches in the NHRL, <laughs> Dungog. So check that out. Um, we try to find a reason to visit every ground. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's one of the great things of going up to Dungog. Dungog in pretty good form. They started slowly at the start of the season, but they're coming good now. 
Teagarden's just the one win, I believe, and that was against Karua. So I'm going to say Dungog to win this one pretty comfortably. Uh, maybe by 26. Yeah, I know a couple of the boys that play for Dungog. Um, Aaron Cotton actually played at 21 year. Um, he's That's a, a bit of a... Bit of a Geographical switch. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if he was living down here or what, but yeah, he's uh he's up there and he is gun. He's a good player. Um, a couple of the Evans boys as well, a few brothers that play up there. I, th- I think that'd be too strong. I'll go down, dog. All right, mate. Well, uh, everyone, make sure you get down, check out your local footy. If you can't, of course, check out our great friends at Bar TV Sports. They provide some good live streams, and that game, Fingal Bay versus Dora Creek on Saturday will be an absolute belter. Um, thanks, Matty, for your time, mate. Uh, good luck on the weekend. Um, and I guess we look forward to seeing who you can put up, mate, for a player profile later in the year. I'm sure there's plenty of boys down at Swansea that you can uh, either get some factual or um, some stretched information about. You know, the saucier, the better. Yeah, we'll stretch uh, it. We'll stretch it. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't even mind admit the man we talked about before. You know, maybe, maybe not even a player. Just get a profile on, on Paul Gosper, mate. Paul so, Gosper, yeah, we can uh, raise that. He's been around that club for a long time, and he used to be um, a great patron when I used to work at the Caves Beach Resort. So, uh, yeah, mate, get around get around the Swansea if you get the chance. If you're down that end, end of the woods and... Uh, you know, they're, they're going to be a good thing this year in the Battle of the Waterbirds, as we're calling the D-grade South now. <laughs> so someone else will probably prove us wrong, but in the meantime. Uh, but, yeah, get down, check out your local footy. There's plenty of it. If you've got any news, gossip, thoughts on the comps, let us know. Check out our social media pages, League Castle AUS on Facebook, League Castle AU on Twitter. Uh, we're trying to put as much up there as we can. The more information you guys give us, the more we can get out there and share and cover the comp. And, uh, again, thanks for your time. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll catch everyone next week. Thank you.